Welcome to the 224th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on March 17th, 2021. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com. And 50% of this here show with me is a man who's fresh out of the bathroom, Carlos Rodella. Wow, thanks for sharing that TMI information. <laughs> TMI, folks, starting off with a bang. You you like called me for the podcast, and I was like, um, I can't answer right now. But I, I'm currently occupied. Yeah, I think I'm I'm peeing so much because because we're in the TMI section, uh, because I'm drinking so much water, because I just got myself a new gallon water jug that on the side of it has these little hash marks like times for the day and you're sure. supposed to try to get through the whole thing. So they want you to drink one gallon per day. Yeah. That's like the idea Fuck. that you're supposed to be like really healthy. If you do that, that is a shit. I, I do not drink one. I don't even drink near a gallon of water a day. No way. No way well, that's happened. This is cool because it does have like inspirational things on the side of it. Like not just the times when you're supposed to drink it, but like in the morning it goes, good morning. And then 9 AM you got it. 11. Remember your goal. 1 p.m. That's it. <laughs> like you're doing good. So okay. Well, we'll I mean, see what it's always good to get those affirmations, positive messages. Water is good. I mean, water don't overdo good. it, but that sounds like good water. You know, it's good. To stay hydrated. Most of us don't drink enough. That's true. I know. So, anyways, I'm also you know going to the bathroom a lot too. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing that happens. All right, folks. Enough about Carlos's bladder. We got Jeez. a great show lined up for you. Tons of games. Tons of content. We're going to kick it off as usual with a little bit of housekeeping, or in this case, a lot of housekeeping. The house is very messy today. On my side of the house, as you know, divided with uh, duct tape down the middle of the living room. Only one item. We'll get to that in a minute. But Carlos, you got some serious shit piled up, brother. What you got going? Yeah, I know. It is just so cluttered in here, and I've just I've been trying to do a better job of it. But a week goes by, and a lot you know, happens. Piles and piles and piles. Yeah. Uh, this is part of the cleaning of the house. First off, I want to say, if you listen to the podcast and you dig it, which a bunch of you do every week, which is I mean, great. God, I hope you do. If you keep listening, <laughs> I hope we're not a hate listen for anybody. You know, nice. I hope that people listen genuinely because they like it. That would make me, that would really bum me out if they were like, what are those dumb fuckers going to say this week? I hate these guys. And that's what's driving her listens. That was, that would be a huge bummer. Well, man. they're not doing that. Let's not, they're not doing that. I hope not. I'm saying you're enjoying it. So here's my only question or, or request, I guess, is just tell one friend. You know, just tell one person who you think likes video games and might like the show. Just tell them. That's all. It's you in the house. have one friend, tell that friend. Yeah, you only need one. Uh, secondly, uh, we might do a live show. Uh, I talked about that uh, to Brad today on Twitter, and you're down maybe, Brad? Question mark. Yeah, for sure. I, I would be happy doing a live show. I think we have to schedule it ahead of time. I'm not sure that I will be ready to do that next week because next week may be our spoiler cast for Days Gone, depending on if I finish the game Ooh. or not. But So I don't think we want to do it for Days Gone. That's kind of going to be a deep dive. I don't know if that's the best show to do that. But the next show that we do that's just a general show, yeah, I'm up for that for sure. Yeah, okay, cool. So we'll do it on our YouTube channel, and we'll let you know when it's actually going to happen. So I don't think it will be next week because I think we are going to probably, hopefully, hopefully do Days Gone. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, and to that front, uh, you don't have any housekeeping on that, but you're still playing it, and I've finished it. Yeah, you must have burned through it, dude, because, like, um, I mean, no spoilers or anything here, but, like, we, I'm in the last section. I know you're in the last section. You said there's a lot of content. That is, that is true, dude. I mean, one thing that I guess I didn't realize and that people kind of undersold – Days Gone is a 
massive game. It is a huge yes. game, especially if you're doing all the side quests and stuff. I, I, I knew it was open world, and I figured, oh, I can probably just blow off a lot of this stuff. But a lot of it's really fun, and there's just, like, a ton of stuff. I had no idea the game was this big, dude. It's crazy, and when you get into this last section, without spoilers, there's a lot of the same stuff you would do normally in the first section of the game and things like infestations etc and a lot of them are very helpful to clear out because they let you fast travel and when you're trying to finish a game you want to fast travel so it's like kind of you're stuck in the middle of like doing all these kind of in quotes menial tasks but i can tell you one thing that can fuck right off is that near the end and if you're playing this along with us and you are at this point you'll see a bunch of hordes as like little new side missions don't fuck with them. What are you insane? Are you a masochist? <laughs> they like all of a sudden just drop like tan on you, and you're like, I would like to keep my sanity, so no, I'm not gonna go take out those ten hordes that are new side missions. Anyways, yeah. well, you know, yeah, and just really quickly to wrap this up before we move on, yeah, I'm really enjoying the game still, really liking it. I got to this last section, and you had finished it, and I'm like, oh fuck, Cars is almost done, and I, or he is done, and now I'm, I got to finish too. Uh, but I'm having a lot of time. I, I don't want to rush through it because I'm really enjoying this. And once I'm finished, I like I will never come back to it, right? I'll never replay this. So yeah. it's like I want to squeeze it all out. I, I got on the story track where I'm like, oh, okay, story's starting to drop. I really want to continue the main story. And I started ignoring the side stuff because I was enjoying the main story so much. And then I got to a part where it kind of made sense in the story that I maybe pause and do some side stuff. So that's where I'm at right now, where I got a lot of good narrative. Uh, talked to a bunch of people I wanted to talk to, stuff happened, and then it was like, okay, now I don't feel like... Because like, sometimes you play an RPG, right? It's like, oh, the meteor's coming, end of the world, do all this important stuff, but pause and then do all the side content before you finish the game. Like, I hate that's a weird feeling, right? And I don't like when that happens because it feels like you're putting this huge dramatic buildup on hold to go do your side stuff, the right, gamer right. stuff, right? But I was like, okay, cool. Like, I feel like it made sense that we stop here. The story kind of naturally paused, which was good. I'm taking a, uh, a breath of fresh air. I'm getting I'm getting these hordes out of the way. Not the hordes, but the uh, the infestations out of the way. Because like you said, you need to get those gone so you can fast travel. So I'm I'm making good progress, man. Good progress. I'm hoping to get it wrapped up by next week, but we'll see. Yeah, by the way, the, the place that you're in, and I know where you are in by just the things you said, because yeah. I just played it. There's so much more, bro. Like, you're in that delay part, which is cool. And you're like, oh, I could do some stuff before the end of the game. Wrong. Uh, before the end of the end section because there's more bro and it's insane you're like i thought this was fucking over so just so you know don't don't uh what is it dwaddle what does they say doddle dwaddle don't dwaddle dwaddle. (laughs) yeah get get going dude get going i'm still Um, having fun still having fun i do want to be very clear to everybody i am definitely still having fun so that's that's definitely a big check mark in the plus column. Yeah, and I'm reserving my thoughts for the podcast. We will talk. Uh, Saga Frontier Remastered is coming out. I just saw some PR for that. Okay, and I have a Saga Frontier story that I'll tell quickly. It is cleaning up, you know, this house is dirty. Uh, I will play it. Uh, I, I usually am a, a sucker for remaster RPGs. But my Saga Frontier story was, and now get, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's the one where there's like many different... Um, characters that have their own storylines right uh, dude i you know saga is like one of those experimental ips where you never know what you're going to get i believe that's i believe you are correct i believe it's yes several it is. different characters i'm pretty sure it is yeah yes. that cover I, I know that cover anywhere because of what happened to me i i got i got 
destroyed when I was a young person. So I played this game, and you can start from a lot of different places, and I was just enjoying it. I love the combat, uh, and it was really, yeah, it's called Free Scenario System, which means you can go and do whatever the fuck you want. It also, back in the PlayStation days, had bugs. And back in the PlayStation days, without updates, right? Oh, my goodness, back then there was no patches. If you had a bug and it screwed your save game or something, that's it, right? That's Pretty it. Much. So that happened to me. And I was like 60 hours in this fucker or something. Like I was in to Saga Frontier. And I did something where I did something out of order. And I went to an area where the boss was and I wasn't supposed to be there yet. And I got stuck there. And that was it. And I had saved all the games. All, all my save games were around the same area. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like there was none from the beginning of the game. Nothing or... you can kind of safely get No, no, to, no. Yeah. So I was like, oh, wait, I can't get out of this? And so I, to this day, I've been like, I need to get back to that oh, point. And I, I may be misremembering. I could be wrong, but it was one of the saga games. And it may be this one. It very well may be this one. That when it originally came out, I reviewed it for Game Critics. And I believe it was the lowest score I ever gave a game. I gave it a mm. 0.5. Mm. Almost a zero. Almost Holy a crap. total zero. I really did not like this game back in the day. And I, I, was, I was trying to Google it real quick. I can't find it. I bet if I go in my files, I can probably find it. But uh, anyway, that is the one that stands out to me. That's what I associate with Saga. I am not a fan of this IP at all. We'll revisit it when it comes out, and I will be playing <clears throat> it. Uh, another quick note, which is something I'll talk about later in the show, but Outer Worlds has new DLC out today. I'll be talking about uh, one of them, the newest one, in a minute. But uh, also, they gave a new update that it plays uh, 60 frames per second on Xbox Series X and PS5. Nice. And you notice it right away. I went back in to kind of like prepare myself for the DLC, uh, finish up some side missions. And man, oh man, when you go 60 FPS, you can't go back. Can't go back. You literally can't. Like, I can't do it. I can't even do 30. It is so smooth. It's how I want video games and probably how they will always be in the future. So that's just a little note. Well, that's good news for me because I did not play very much. I was not in the right headspace when I played it the first time. I keep saying I'm going to come back to it. And now that there's a new DLC and now that it's up to 60 frames per second, it sounds like the perfect time. Maybe after a wrap-up day is gone, maybe I'll jump into that next. And it sounds like I'll be getting the optimal experience. Like we always say, best time to play a game, six months, maybe even a year after release. Yeah, was this about a year? I don't know. I think. Yeah, it seems like about, about give or take. Seven, eight months or something. Anywho, that's a, a cool update. Uh, a couple of other quick things. Game Pass it has a ton of really good games coming to the system or service. And two that I'm interested in is Empire of Sin. I've always thought about trying. Did you review it? I did not personally review it, but we did review it. I believe it was... Uh... I want to say it was AJ Small who reviewed it for us at Game Critics. We do have a review up at Game Critics, but it wasn't by me. Do you know if it was good or bad? We don't know. Uh, he did like it. He said it was a little bit janky, but overall I think he liked it, yes. Yeah, okay. Anyway, again, free if you have Game Pass. And the other one that I'm really interested in is Octopath Traveler. Finally. I can Ugh. play this game. Oh, you don't give it? Yeah, nah, I don't, I'm not into the JRPGs, especially that kind of grindy JRPG. But if you like it, man, go for it. I will. I will play that. So anyways, if you're interested in either of those, they're on Game Pass and about like seven or eight other ones coming really soon. I just um, saw an announcement today. Speaking of Game Pass, like there's like 60 new games coming to Game Pass. I just saw the thing and I didn't click on the link because I didn't have time. But like they're like, yeah, giant influx of games coming soon. Yeah. So keep an eye out for that. I should read up on that. Maybe you keep talking and look up real quick. Yeah, there was a bunch. Those, those are the two that I noticed. Yeah. Uh, and my last piece of housekeeping is 
it's a, it's a story as well as kind of like a foreshadowing of what's going to happen in a new episode. But we had talked about doing a spicy episode on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And still we still works, want still to, works. which basically means like playing some sort of adult type games and actually like earnestly playing them and see if we actually enjoy any of them or what funniness might happen. So I found um, some adult games. What my, my love would be or my kind of desired game for a spicy game. Oh, God, love, desire. Okay. You know, they're part of the conversation is a role playing game that was also adult. Like that would be really cool because I think of right, Dragon Age, right? Or oh, yeah. other games where you can romance people, but it's not really that graphic or it's not even that really big part of the game. So I was like, well, if I had to have an adult game, it would be really, really cool if it was a role playing game. Point is, I went to Itch.io and you can actually filter by those two things. So you okay. can filter by role playing plus adult. And there's no other site that lets you do that. Like even Steam just has like a blanket catch-all for for adult games. You can games. do. You can do. Um, there are sub tags you can do on Steam because that's where I was looking to look for content. Can for you the add show. adult plus role playing? I maybe I forgot you. Could. Uh yeah, you can. There's like there's a, there's like LGBT. There's adult. There's NSFW. There's role playing. There's action. There's also if, if you. It's a weird kind of janky menu. Like I couldn't find it right off the bat, but once I was digging around for a few minutes, I was like, oh, here it is. And then you can kind of click oh, and filter a little bit so yeah here, I mean, yeah but here's why i remember i did do it it's uh -huh. it, it picks role-playing or adult i don't think it puts them together like in itchios it was like no these are just role-playing adult games but like i think on steam it like because i was getting like regular role-playing games right yeah you got there's a trick to it there's a trick okay. to it. i think okay. you can but i'm not the expert i just bring it up because that's the kind of thing i'm looking for now i'm like that would be very interesting and i did find one and it was janky as hell but i'll save it for the spicy episode just a reminder for us uh, we should do it sometime soon. And also, I think I found out what I'm going to be looking for, an RPG adult game. And if anybody out there has good recommendations, please feel free to send us um, your recommendations. There's a lot of, like, junk to filter through. And, you know, we're not really getting codes for these. So it's like every time we see something, we got to, like, pay for it with our own money. And it sucks yeah. to buy something that sucks. So I know that I know it's weird and embarrassing because people are like, I don't want to tell Brad and Carlos that I played this game. They're going to think I'm a fucking pervert. Like, I guarantee you we will not judge you. We will not. We will not judge you. We will just be like, okay, cool. Thank you for the recommendation. You can tell us that your friend played this game and you heard it was good, and that's fine. We will not question you. Yep. I'm just looking for the quality stuff. I don't want to blow a bunch of money on stupid games. So well, that's help important. us out if you can. Yeah, yeah, that's important, like quality stuff. I downloaded one thing, and I was like, oh, man, why did I even, you know? install this thing yeah so, some of them are real junk dude it's hard to find the good stuff yeah oh what, what do you have in the housekeeping to clean um just one thing really quickly kind of a side note i was i mean if you follow me on twitter you may have seen me going through my existential crisis yesterday i okay so here's what happened i had a lot of uh photos on my phone and i needed to get those photos off my phone and I've been using Dropbox for a while, used it for many years, uh, where I could just like plug in my phone, it would upload my photos, clear out my phone, no big deal. It's It kind of stopped working recently, and I, d I didn't know why it stopped working. And so my phone was totally full, I needed to record a video, uh, and I didn't have any space on my phone. So I went to like, I started dinking around with that, like what's the settings, what's going on, delete it, redownload, and it seemed to start working again. And then... There, I went to my phone where the app was, and it was like, oh, here are these other features that you're not using, and one is PC backup. And I'm like, oh, so, and, and this is on me, right? Like, I saw the thing, it said PC backup, and I thought it meant take phone or photos from your phone and upload them to your PC in case you wanted them there, because, you know, you don't want to have to go to like Dropbox's cloud and like look through all the files. Sometimes you want to just have something, just get it off your phone real quick, right? Yeah. 
That's what I thought it meant. That is not what it meant. And that was my bad. I should have like researched it a little bit more. I clicked the button because they make it really easy for you to do. And what it actually did was Dropbox like got into my computer and started backing up my entire computer. What? So I'm like, oh, shit. I didn't think it was going to do that. That's not really what I wanted. But here we are. The process already started. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe that's not too bad. Because, I mean, you know, having a backup is fine. I mean, it doesn't hurt to have backups. So it went like that for a couple of days, but I noticed it was just, it was irritating as shit, right? Every time I did anything, a little pop-up would be like, do you want this in Dropbox? Or do you want to move this in Dropbox? And like my computer is running like slower and I'm like, okay, fuck this. This is irritating. I don't like to, yeah, I don't like my performance crazy. to be affected, right? So I turned off that feature and disaster. Uh, everything in my computer got moved around. Some things that were on my desktop got hidden in folders. Some things that were in folders disappeared. Things got moved around. All my icons were moved. And Ugh. some of the stuff that I used to have was just gone. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Where the fuck is all this stuff? I start looking around. Can't find it. Can't find it. Like, I have... The thing that the thing that was very disturbing to me, and the thing that you may have seen me panicking about on Twitter as I was, like, very externally processing my grief, <laughs> was I had a folder where I keep 21 years worth of reviews that I've written for Game Critics on my desktop. And I'm like, every review I write, I save it. So then I can always come back to it for reference, or if anybody asks me a question... Or just whatever. Like, you know, it's kind of sh- it's a little little badge of honor, right? Shows what I've done with my life. I've got 21 years worth of game reviews in this folder. That yeah. folder was gone. Absolutely e- gone. And I was looking on my computer. It was not on my computer anywhere on my computer at all. So I go to fucking Dropbox, and they're like, we don't have it either. And I'm like, okay, bitch, you must have had it, because that's you're the only thing that's different in the last couple of years. I start poking around their site. Can't find it, can't find it, can't find it, can't find it. I finally find it. It like it's in the trash for some reason. I did not tell them to trash it. I did not want that file removed from my computer. Finally find it, and I try to restore it. It's not working. I, I'm like I'm spending like I mean I'm I'm telling you the very compressed version of the story. This is like an all day thing that I'm going through here. Like it was like yeah. an hour of searching my computer, an hour of fucking around on Dropbox's site, checking the files, looking at all the folders and shit. Finally find the thing. Try to restore it. I I partially restore it. Get it back on my computer. I'm like okay good. good. I go to the file, open up the file. All the fucking folders are empty. And I'm like, mother what? fucker, I got the folders back, but none of the files. So that that sent me like Looney Tunes, right? I started freaking out, bouncing off the walls. I just was like a like a gorilla on crack, dude. I was just going ape shit, right? So like I go back to Dropbox. I do some more digging, waste my entire fucking day, finally find the things that were supposed to be in the folders, try to get them uploaded back to my computer. It's like 21 years of folders uh, and files. And so it's like a big thing. They zip it send it to my computer, I try to open it, and the zip reader says, unreadable file. So oh I'm like, oh my gracious. god, what the fuck? And I'm like, I'm freaking out, freaking out. And I just, I have to walk away from my computer for a little while, because I'm getting depressed. I'm like, researching where's the nearest bridge I can jump off, because I'm going fucking crazy, and I just like, having a real bad time, right? So like, I come back to it, reboot the whole computer, just start fresh, have a cup of coffee, sit down, and for whatever reason, the next time the zip file was able to be unzipped. I don't know what happened the first time, but it did unzip, took all that shit, put it back where, it, where it's supposed to go. I got a uh, external hard drive, backed up that shit like immediately. Nice. Yes, yes. And I'm like, okay, fuck, disconnected Dropbox. Like a nightmare, dude. I mean, the depression and sadness I felt in that moment when it really seemed like 21 years of work was down the fucking toilet was like immense. I mean, I could have gone to Game Critics itself. I could have like gone into the archive and copied and pasted all the reviews, but not everything that was in those folders is on Game Critics. There's a lot of unused stuff, a lot of backup stuff, a lot of pieces that I've done for other yeah. people, a lot of just random stuff that's just on Game Critics, and I couldn't replace all that stuff. So it was just like, 
a serious gut punch for like hours yesterday. And I just was like mad and sad and depressed and frustrated. And like, you know, I was just like tweeting nasty shit to Dropbox on Twitter because I was out of control. <laughs> and I was just like, fuck you guys. Fuck you. Fuck you, Dropbox. Fucking piece of shit. I was just like mad at him. And um, eventually I got it back and it's all fine. I got my stuff back now. But man, that was dark times for like for like a day. And I never want to repeat that again. So I'm I'm not doing anything with Dropbox anymore. Fuck you, Dropbox. Fuck your fucking PC backup service. Leave my shit alone. That's all. Yeah, I'm and say. plus it it came out of something you didn't even want to do. Like you just wanted to back up a certain specific thing, yeah, and you're like, oh, accident. I guess I'll do it. Yes, an accident to begin with led to like 72 hours of just like anger and depression. So okay, I don't so, need that shit in my life. Yeah, but to anyone listening, to backing up stuff is good. But like you said, and that's what I did is I just find drives, like real yeah. physical yeah. drives. And throw them back there. I mean, that is, it's crazy. And also, it brings up the point is I do want places that I like to, you know, put up archived pictures and stuff like that. But anytime you rely on a third party, it's just question mark. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's funny that we're talking about this because just to circle back to Days Gone for a minute, there's this one scene in Days Gone, which I thought was really good, where one of the guys has a picture of his wife and he's showing the main character, Deacon. And he's like, oh, do you got a picture of your wife? And he's like, no, I don't. And then he's like, yeah, you know, barely anybody has pictures because we all put everything on our phones. And yeah. When phones went away. All our pictures went away. And I'm like, God damn it. You're right. Oh, my God. Like all my pictures are like on my phone or on a hard drive or on my computer. All the pictures of my kid and my wife and my wedding and all this stuff. Like, I mean, we got like a couple like actual physical pictures laying around, but like not nearly as much as my mom and dad did and not as much as my grandma and grandpa did. We just, you know, if all this stuff goes away, like all that's just going to be gone in a poof. It's kind of depressing and sad. I know, not to go on a picture tangent because you already got us here, but um, one, in that moment in uh, Days Gone, Deacon's lying. That's he is lying, rich. yes, it is. And, and we're going to talk about this on the, on the Days Gone episode, which, stay tuned, might be next episode. Maybe. But that motherfucker lies a lot. <laughs> he has to, though, man. He's I surviving, know, bro. I know, but I'm just saying, I can't do it. I, I, you know, I'm playing the character, but I know I couldn't lie as much as he does. He, like, lies so effortlessly. <laughs> Like it's it's a it's a way to stay alive. Yes. Yeah, man. That is some of that shit is life and death bullshit, dude. Like, I absolutely. know, I know, but I don't think I could do it. Uh, secondly, <laughs> is I started archiving all my pictures uh, on Squarespace. I have a Squarespace site, okay. and it's like my own domain. You know, carlsrodello.com If you want to go over there, and um, and and you know, it's still cool for me because it's only one spot. It's not like um like a service like Dropbox or something. It's just something that I own and I own the storage space, et cetera. But even that could go away. Yeah. So I think we should just start printing pictures. Uh, dude, I know. I was like, for, for like a hot second, I was like, okay, I'm going to buy a bunch of paper and I'm going to get like a photo quality printer. And I'm just going to, and I'm like, no, I got like two, there's just too many, dude. I, got, I well, think I'm going to get a couple more externals and just do it that way for now. Cause I yeah, just, the externals yeah. for now, but I'm saying yeah. like you get those little mini printers that have like the really small paper. Yeah, those are pretty cool. You can do put a bunch of pictures on one. Anyways, welcome back to the picture podcast. Welcome back. To, Let's get. Are we to, talking about games this episode? I don't fuck. think we are. This is like a half an hour. You guys could have oh. skipped. You could skip ahead thirty minutes just so you know. Yeah, just cut that out. Okay, are we are we good on the housekeeping? Or you Let's, got more? No, it's fucking clean. All right, house is clean. Here we go. Let's get to the main content of the show. All this good stuff. Okay, kicking it off. Uh, fairly often, Carlos, you surprise me with a secret game that you have picked up somewhere, some dark back alley. Some weird guy's got it stashed inside his trench coat or something. I have no idea what you're talking about. I have no idea what you're bringing to the show. What is the first game we're talking about? What is The Secret Game? The Secret Game isn't as crazy as some of the other ones because you might have even heard of it. 
Uh, but uh, it was a random uh, pick that I've been eyeballing for a while, actually. And it okay. is called Signs of the Sojourner. Sojourner. Oh, dude, that's one of the games I'm bringing up later in the show. Oh, no. <laughs> well, guess what? We're talking about it now. We're talking? Okay, well, I got to make a change in the script then, because that means I got nothing to talk about at the end of the show. Okay, let me move we'll this around. We'll figure it out. I can't, right, I can't plan it. It's a secret. It's, I mean, that is true. It is. We did not plan this. Okay, let's talk about I it know. now. Normally, you're like, now. Carlos brings weirdo monster, you know, creatures. Yeah, you've got, like, random, like, you brought the, the what is that, the uh, Seinfeld telltale thing. Yeah, you always got yeah. some, like, weird dollar indie that is... That is nowhere near my radar, and this is actually something I'm playing right now, which is hilarious. Okay, well, anyways, I'll give you a quick setup. I know you wanted to probably do it, but I'll do a very, very be- poor job of it, so then you'll have to, you know, explain it. What we'll get to it together. Is. We'll support each other on this journey, Carlos. Um, but before we get there, here's a quick tangent. I don't know if this happens to you, but it happens to me a lot. I'm doing something where I'm watching something or something's in my life, and then I start playing a game, and the same kind of stuff comes up in the game. You know what I mean? We talked about it before. It does not uh, happen to me too often. The Deacon thing with the pictures the is probably the most recent thing. But. Okay. Well, this one was, I was watching the uh, Takashi 69 documentary, uh, and it's actually really good. And he was talking about how things in your childhood affect you greatly, like later sure. on in life. Sure. Yeah. And sometimes for the rest of your life and shape your life. And then this game starts, and you're literally a kid, like living through a memory as a kid, and it kind of does shape you for the rest of the game and i was like wow that's so weird anywho what this game is is uh an adventure game told through dialogue and cards which is very interesting um and basically the the mechanic of the game is you have these cards that are basically different types of emotions or feelings or ways to tackle a situation mentally uh like so one of the cards is about having empathy and one of the cards is about being tactful and one of the cards is about being, you know, understanding things creatively and industriously. And so basically you use these cards to try to match the cards, your cards with the person you're talking to so that you can have a good conversation and actually communicate. And this is so up our alley because of the stuff we talk about on this podcast and how just not just game stuff, but how you should get along with your fellow person and, you know, like uh, tolerance and, and unity. So one of the things I thought was really interesting, um, and we can talk about the story in a minute here, is that, you know, in the beginning, you start with very few cards, but that's almost like you're starting with like a few different ways to deal with people, right? Yeah. And and then like, as you play the game, you get more cards that basically give you more options of how to interact with people. And something that's said at the very beginning of the game is uh, the mother is is talking uh, to your character and you're having a disagreement with one of your childhood friends. Hence what I said at the beginning of is, is kind of about your childhood. And she's like, just remember, you know, dealing with a disagreement with a friend doesn't mean you have to end your friendship with them. Right. It's actually the mis- miscommunication is like just part of it. And you have to learn how to communicate with people. So like that's the kind of setup of this game. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um... I had heard a lot about this one last year when it was on PC. A lot of people had brought it to my attention, and I'm like, yes, this sounds like my jam. I will play it when it comes to Switch. It is now on Switch, which is where I'm playing it. Where are you playing it? Uh, PS4. Okay. Uh, so this is like a it's like a hand-drawn 2D game. Like you just – you have pictures of people, like little portraits when you're talking to people. 
So it's all about the conversations. It's a really interesting idea. How how far into it are you? How many hours? Um, I went through. Well, this is not a spoiler, but I went through the first kind of trip. Okay. There's like many trips you can take. I think I think five or six trips, and you go and meet people on these like little caravan trips. And so I've met all the people in all the little towns I went on my first trip, and oh, then I came back trip. home. Yeah. Okay, that's that's about how far I've gotten as well. Um, so we, I just finished my first trip last night. In this game, you like have to go on these, like you said, like on a caravan road trip to collect items that you're supposed to bring back to your store. And when you go to these different towns along your route, like you talk to people and maybe you buy their goods or maybe you don't, and then you talk to them. And a lot of people knew your mom, so that's kind of a factor too. Uh, it's a really interesting idea. I will say I'm kind of a little bit frustrated with with it though. Like I, I'm all about like conversation, communication, and it, the cards that you have, which are how you interact with people, you have a very limited number, like you said. I mean, I think you have like 10 or maybe just 12 to start off with. And all the things are like represented by shape. So like circle means like empathetic and like triangle means logical. And there's other shapes that you don't have at the beginning of the game. You meet some people and they've got shapes that you don't have. Right. So like you can't even really talk to them. And it's kind of a cool idea because as you're going through these discussions, you don't have to like quote unquote win them. Like if you match... Like if somebody's empathetic to you and you return the empathy, then it, it becomes like a quote unquote, like a good exchange. And then like you end the conversation in a good way, but you don't have to, like you can blow people off. And if they say something nice to you, like with empathy, you can be like logical back and kind of like disagree with them sort of. So there's the game keeps rolling whether you have a successful chat or not, which I think is really interesting. But I find that the card system is kind of frustrating. Maybe this will change as I go further. Cause like you said, we don't have very many cards, but it's like somebody will say something empathetic and then I don't have a card that matches it. And I'm like, well, if I was talking to this person, I would just say that. And I don't have a card, so I have to say something that's bad, even though I don't want to. And that doesn't feel very good um, because I've had a couple conversations where it just goes poorly. And the person like, you know, is like, whatever. And they like they bounce yeah. because I just can't have that chat. And it's kind of frustrating because it's kind of like a deck builder um, scenario. But in those kind of games when you're using cards to do combat, well, I don't have a bullet card or I don't have a gun card or I don't have a sword card. I got to do something else. It's just combat. So that kind of makes sense. But when you're just talking to a person, I kind of, it's, it's frustrating to be like, I just want to say this thing, but I can't because I don't have a card for that. And I have to be rude, even though I don't want to. It, I don't know that it's necessarily squaring in my head exactly. And I'm, I'm struggling with it a little bit. I feel a little bit frustrated by it. Let me, let me give you an idea of what I think the game might be doing. And mm -hmm. I might be wrong because I am going to keep playing it. But is I had that same feeling. Like you meet a couple people and they essentially get mad at you. And you're they like, do, yeah. They're like, no, no. You're like, I, I wanted to be nice, but I didn't have the card for it. Right. <laughs> and But I think they did it on purpose because if you look at the trajectory of you not having any cards to like really kind of be... Yeah. Yeah. certain ways there and then they give them to you for the first time so that your second run or your second trip you're going to have more options um and near the end of that trip i felt pretty like uh what's the word you know equipped to to handle more conversations yeah and in the beginning i was like just screwed because i'm like okay and also as you go on a trip they throw in fatigue so then you get these cards that basically can't be played or they don't do anything because you're too tired. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of weird. I, so I, I feel you on the card system being a little weird because I, I want to have more control 
over such a narrative driven game. Yeah, exactly. So I get I get that. But I think the second trip and, and I'll I'll do an update on it and that maybe next episode of the episode after they might it might change around where I have enough resources to be able to pick how I want that, you know, conversation to go. Yeah, I mean, it kind of makes sense. I mean, if your character I mean, you don't get a lot of information on your character, right? You kind of just roll with it after that one brief intro. And I mean, I guess the concept is, hey, you're a person who maybe doesn't have a lot of conversation skills or maybe doesn't have a lot of life experience to be able to meet people on their own terms when they come to you. Maybe you're not able to really read people very well. And so that means that sometimes conversations are hard to negotiate. Like I, I get it. And I think it's cool. I just find it very, very limiting at the beginning. And cause you only basically have like, like two kinds of cards and I was just like, okay, like I get it, but I feel like I maybe would have a few more options if I was this person, if I was, going out in the world on my own i mean it's interesting i'm gonna keep playing it for sure and i definitely hope that it expands i want more options i want more nuance to it because so far i think it's a cool idea but i'm not feeling like it's really clicking with me so i'm got i gotta put more time into it we'll both do it we'll both uh maybe two episodes from now we'll come back to it and, and give you an update but also i will say i do like the art style and i do like the kind of feel that i get from it because when you do a little uh trip and you come back you sell these items which is kind of cool. You put the items you found for sale. Also, when you have better conversations, you sometimes get more things. Yeah, you so, do. So, you know, you'll get something from somebody or get more information. And I just felt cool when I came, came back and I put those stuff up for sale. And then it tells you who bought them, which mm. is kind of interesting. So it's very, like, adorable, you know. And it's also got a little mystery in there because you don't know what happened to your mom. Because, like, there's some shady characters out there. And you got to go figure out what's going on there. So, yeah, it's intriguing enough for me. And it felt like a weird pick, not like my normal weird picks, but yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have guessed you had played this. This definitely seems more, you know, kind of roguelike card based narrative seems kind of more in my basket. I'm glad you picked it though. I'm glad we talked about it. It, it is very interesting. And I feel like maybe it's just a slow burn. And right now I kind of want, I'm just like personally in the mood to get, you know, I just want to just get to it. Let's just do it. Let's do it. So it may be a little bit of a slow start for me, but I'm definitely interested. I'm definitely going to hang in there. And I had, like I said, plenty of people tell me this was one that I absolutely should be should be paying attention to. So I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt. Let's let's circle back on this in another week or two, and we'll see where we ended up. And not to overuse it, because I use it almost, I think, every episode now, but it, it feels like Night in the Woods with cards. It a little bit does, yeah. It definitely you know does. I mean? Same kind of vi similar visuals, vaguely similar visuals, same kind of chatty tone, same kind of like quasi-depressive teenage angst going on kind of a thing. It's in the yep. same basket, I think. Yeah, yeah. for sure. All right, that was Signs of the Sojourner. You're on PS4 slash 5. I am on Switch. It's also, I believe, on everything. So it's out now. Uh, I'm going to be talking. I'm going to take a little bit of a di divergence from our usual selections. Um, I received a couple codes that are intentionally for kids, for kids games. Um, I did not request these, but PR sent these over to me. And I'm like, well, these are games for kids. And I have kid, so I will give kid these <laughs> games and see what happens, right? Yeah. Um, so I recruited my son, Whitaker, who is 11, uh, going to be 12 soon. And I said, hey, kid, here are some codes. Please check these out and then let me know what you think. Sometimes he comes on the pod to report he was a little busy uh, with his uh, home coronavirus lockdown schedule, had some things going on, didn't want to pop on the pod this week. But I have his full report. So the first game I'm going to cover is called Body Quest Adventure Around the Human Body. Uh, this is a top uh, isometric sort of a do uh, not do but a diablo sort of a viewpoint where you play a doctor who goes inside a human body 
to heal the various things that are going wrong and to collect nanobots, which are going to be used to heal the body. And Oh, so it's like the future. It is kind of the future, near future. So, But the weird thing is you have a hoverboard when you're going around inside the human body. So you're like an extreme doctor because you're hoverboarding <laughs> Jeez. inside the human body. Um, you go around and collect a bunch of stuff, uh, just like doodads. It's kind of busy work. But then you also have to like heal little uh, broken parts. And there's lots of quizzes. This is pretty informational. So like you'll get to a, a little computer terminal inside the body, and it'll have uh, a diagram. And it'll be like, please name the bones. And they'll give you like a list of the bone names. you got to match them up. Or they'll have questions about nerves or muscle systems and stuff pretty educational i think and it's pretty easy to approach where it doesn't feel like you're taking a test or doesn't feel like you're studying i mean it feels like you're kind of doing some extreme hoverboarding and then you take a break and answer a couple questions about muscle groups and stuff like that um personally i did not like the graphics too much they felt a little bit low rent to me my son wasn't too bothered he thought it looked fine he liked going around um inside the body there are a couple things you have to dodge. Like sometimes you'll see like these little viruses shooting around and he's like, I didn't like the viruses cause they were going a little bit too fast and I got hit by them too often. Uh, and he thought the questions were good, but he didn't click with it a lot. And I think that maybe just because it wasn't like super actiony, if I, I think this is actually a pretty good game and it's really educational, uh, especially if you're sitting down with your kids. So I would probably recommend this game not as something to give to my kid to play on his own, but probably to sit with him like in lieu of like study time, right? So like mm. if you don't want to read a book or you don't want to do homework or something, no problem. Let's do some body quest and you're going to be learning, but it's also like it's fun enough to feel like you're playing something. You're not suffering, but at the same time you are legit learning like actual like anatomy, medicine, physiology, facts, which I thought was pretty good balance. So an educational game that I would assign as like fun homework and not really something that he would just play like on his own. If that makes sense. That would be considered edutainment. Yes. Edutainment. Exactly. No, you got it. You got it. Edutainment. Yes. I think this is a very good example of like pretty well done edutainment. I, uh, I really didn't like the graphics. I did not care for the graphics, but other than that, uh, I thought it was pretty well done. So that is body quest adventure around the human body. Parents who are listening Maybe consider this one if you want to enrich your child. If you're still at lockdown at home or don't have a lot of options because of coronavirus, you need something enriching to do, this is a good choice. Uh, the other game that I want to bring up is called My Universe Pet Clinic Cats and Dogs. Uh, and this one, again, kind of like a uh, Diablo-esque perspective. It looks a little bit like Two Point Hospital or like one of those kind of sim games where you have a building and you walk around and patients kind of walk around and you kind of collect money from them. Hmm. Basically... You are the veterinarian, and you open up a uh, clinic on your own. You open up for business, and when the start uh, happens, you just have, like, an exam room, and that's all you have. You see a couple cats and dogs on your first day and get some money from it. When they come in, you do, like, an exam. So there's, like, lots of little mini games. That's what the exam is like. So, like, you'll get a little uh, stethoscope, and it'll be like, check out his heart. And then you see these two pictures of, like, uh, cardiograms, and then it's like, are these cardiograms the same, or are they different? And you have to kind of see... Are they the same or are they different? And then there's one where you like palpate the dog, check his tummy. You're going to push a little like a rhythm game. There's like a couple other little things like just a bunch of mini games where instead of like actually physically examining the cat or dog, you're you're doing the equivalent of it. Uh, And then there's all sorts of little problems. Like maybe you're picking ticks off a dog. Maybe the dog is just scared. Maybe the dog is uh, he's got a broken bone or something like that. So you kind of do this thing. The more dogs and cats you see, the more money you get. You expand your clinic. And I think he's got a pharmacy and I believe he just opened 
a surgery center. Uh, of course, you can always pet the cats and dogs at any time you would like. I don't believe it's possible for cats or dogs to die, so that's not a thing. It's very safe, colorful, um, soft edges all around, really engaging. All the mini games are pretty easy and clear to do. Um, the one negative my son said about this game, he liked everything about it except that some of the exams have a time limit and he was 100% not okay with having a time limit where Ugh. like the cat, like the dog has like scratches on his arm. And you got to put three band-aids on and they give you like surprisingly stringent time limits. I was really shocked at how quick you had to work um, and you get graded on it. The higher grade, the more money, of course. So he was like, I don't like these time limits, but other than that, I think this game is great. And he had a really good time with it. He's been coming back to that one on his own where I think it is less educational than body quest, but it is more fun for him. And yeah. he's also really inclined to like pets in general. So he is really clicking with uh, my universe pet clinic, cats and dogs. He likes that one quite a bit. He also did like body quest, but that was more like more like learning than fun. So both of these are winners, I think, uh, but slightly different flavors. Yeah. Time limits. Come on. Get them out of here. I mean, especially if you're like, um, I don't know. It's, it seems like a cool thing to be uh, learn about being a veterinarian and all the different things you can do. And I mean, I know they're mini games, but. I guess I just hate timers in general. I do too. And it just doesn't really make a lot of sense. I mean, I mean, you're playing this game because you like cats and dogs because you want to help them heal. It seems kind of weird to kind of grade you and then put like an economy attached to that because you need to earn money to like keep your, your business going and expand the business. Uh, it's just a weird thing. And it's not, it's not terrible. He just was like, I would rather the the time limit not be here. So not huge, not huge, but there you go. Parents out there listening, check out both of these. I think they're both pretty good, and I know that we all need some stuff to do because coronavirus is still a thing. So maybe check these out. Edutainment there corner. You go. There you go. All right, Carlos, back to you. Uh, we were provided a code from a publisher for you to evaluate a game called Can't Drive This. Uh, I believe you're playing it on PC. Is that right? Yeah, I'm playing on Steam with my Xbox controller. All right, tell us about Can't Drive This. This would be a short one. Because um, you I, couldn't drive it? I can't drive it. That's it. That's the unending review. I, um, it said, can't, can't drive this. And I, I was like, yep, I can't. And you win. Um, so that's the end of the review. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a top-down car game, kind of like uh, tabletop racing. Did you ever play that? Uh, like a micro machine sort of thing. Yeah, maybe? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, totally. gotcha, gotcha. Not not super small, like kind of in between, like um, a Mario Kart style, but like an car. overhead perspective sort of. Yeah, thing. yeah. And the car mechanics are pretty good, but basically the the whole idea of the game is it's really focused on a co op type experience, which is why okay. I probably did, I'm not going to play it too much longer. Um, but they do have a solo option as well. What the hook is, is you have a car like that, a little truck car you can customize, and the track in front of you is not there yet. You have to place it down. You have to build the track in front of you. And everywhere else is just, you know, a bottomless pit. So it's like you can't really go anywhere besides the track that's in front of you. So once you start, and this is the, let's just talk about the solo version. Uh, You start the game, you get random tile pieces when you you know, put them down in front of you. So, it so might you're be, putting the tile down yourself. Yeah. So you're putting the tile down and then you're you essentially kind of a mini pause and going back to the driving section. Okay. And you, you drive until the point where, you know, you haven't uh, put tiles down. You go back to the, the building section and it pauses when you do that. So it there's pauses. not like, a, yeah, it's not like you're trying to juggle two things at once. Well, you are because the whole idea of the game, again, built for really co-op 
um, is that your car also has to keep driving, or if it doesn't drive for too much longer, or if it stops for too long, you'll blow up. Is it a shark? No, it's a car or a truck. Or sharks can't stop swimming or else they die. Is it like you have oh, a shark nice. car where like you know you got can't stop driving? Is or is it speed? It's can't speed. go less than sixty or you blow up. Yeah. So in the tutorial, which by the way I was going to mention, is very good because it's like a slideshow, but it's got a narration and it's very funny. Okay. And the narrator's like, "Yeah, I know. It's a slideshow. Just deal with it." And then they actually mention speed. They're like, "Okay, our game doesn't have Keanu, but it's kind of oh, so like they that movie." Go there. Okay. Yeah, cool. they right. really do. Um, so anyways, in the solo mode, you're doing that kind of switching back and forth, uh, which again, you don't know what the towels are going to be. They could be like a ramp. It could be like uh, water. It could be a, um, a turn. So you have to like match the turn with another turn. And you basically keep going until you get to like time extenders. Because again, timers, timers. timers in this game, and you're trying to get as far as you can go, essentially, or get to the very end. And it's like fucking hard as a solo person. But it's, it is fun because you don't know what kind of towel you're going to get. So I just kept doing it for a while, and I played it. And it was enjoyable and, and weird and sometimes frustrating. But the co-op mode is really where it's at. So the co-op mode is side-by-side. Side. Someone has, like, at least in the Steam version, someone has the mouse, is controlling the mouse, and they're building stuff in front of you, right? And the person who's got the controller, let's say, is driving. So you're kind of doing it both at the same time. Is it – in that mode – I mean, maybe you don't know this. Maybe you can't answer it, but I'm wondering – if you're doing the co-op, are you supposed to be like, is the person putting the track trying to make you crash or are they trying to help you get further? I don't know yet because okay. there's also online and there's also like uh, like capture the flag type game. So there's definitely competition in this. Like it's built for competition. And so I can see basically in a co-op setting or in a multiplayer setting, people trying to like fuck you up. I think that's like a big okay. part of it. Mm -hmm. So, but then there's also kind of a co-op, I think trying to help each other mode. And then there's a solo <laughs> mode, which you're obviously just trying to help yourself, right? You're not trying to screw yourself up. That would be really weird and twisted. Hey, Carlos, what can you do with this? Oh, look, I gave you a water. You're going to drown, fucker. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I like Carl how it got really dark all of a sudden. I know. I just, I was like, I'm going to take this review in a weird place. Carlos, why would you do that to yourself? I don't know. Why did you do it yourself? Carlos, shut up. You shut up deal with this lava all right anyways that's hey. what i did all night uh this game is weird it's, it's definitely not something i expected uh i thought it was something quite different actually it is kind of a mixture of if you play it solo there's kind of only one way to go and it's kind of gets boring because there's not enough there's not like a campaign you know okay so it's just about the action there's nothing it's about the moment to moment action but as a co-op I really can't talk to it enough because I didn't play full on co-op or kind of competition way, but I can see that being fun. Uh, and the mechanics and the physics of the actual vehicles were good. So it's kind of a question mark review for me. I don't, I think I probably will try some co-op and see if that's like super exciting, but I, I was kind of more into like it being having like a more of a solo play for me. Cause I liked the idea when I was like, I really looked at it of like putting tiles down. I think that's kind of fun. So it's it's cool and it's inventive, uh, but I think the the real power of it lies in the multiplayer. Excellent. Okay. Well, it's a shame that you could have tried that out, but that sounds like probably a good time. So maybe heads up to people out there who have friends, or maybe I guess if they want to just jump on the online and maybe they can find some random to play with. But interesting idea. Interesting idea. That is, can't drive this playing it on the PC. 
Yeah, and uh, I'll also try to drive it, by the way, for the developer, because I do want to try that multiplayer. So yeah. um, we had a ton of games this this week, but the, the two episodes from now, I'll, uh, I'll go back and try some of that multiplayer. Give it a shot. See what happens when you actually do drive this. We'll see what happens. Uh, okay, one more game from me, and then we will get to the last two. We also do have listener q and I swear we're going to get to it this week. Uh, we have a question from AJ Small uh, from Game Critics. He sent it to us like two weeks ago. And then I forgot, and then I was going to do it last week. We had a long show, didn't get to it. I swear we'll get to it this we'll week. We'll see. We'll we see. Will. We no will. No promises. No, no. Word is bond. Word <laughs> is bond. I said it out loud. There we go. Uh, okay, getting back to games. Really quick, Bishouju Battle Cyber Panic. I'm mispronouncing that. Bishouju? Bishoujo. Bishoujo Battle Cyber Panic. I apologize to any Japanese listeners out there. I slaughtered that word. I'm sure that I did. Uh, this is basically like, um, kicks Q I X. Remember that from way back oh, in the day? Oh yes, I do. Cause I'm old. Yeah, I am also old kicks and, and, and this, uh, battle cyber panic is basically you have a picture on uh, the play field. Like it's an arcade style game. Uh, and the, there's like an outline of like a, a girl in this particular game. They are girls who are like in military gear and they also have like rocket packs and, cyber arms and guns and stuff strapped to them uh they're all like ready for combat and so what you do is you have to capture the play field by drawing lines around the parts on the screen that are like that are grayed out so like you can't see the girl you just see the outline of the girl and so you take your little character um they have to like follow the line of the outside of the picture and then you like you go inside the picture and make and try to capture territory for yourself i know i'm doing a terrible job explaining this but like basically you have to go Reclaim as much of the picture as you can while enemies are kind of bouncing around inside the picture. If they touch you, you die. If they touch you before you um, finish claiming a piece of the territory, you die. So you have to be very judicious about, okay, the enemies are on the other side of the picture. I'm going to go to this this opposite side. I'm going to carve a few chunks out of this and reveal the picture behind it. And once you get to 75% of the picture revealed, then you win. And then the whole picture comes through and then you move on to the next stage. Um, there's no story there's no dialogue or text. It's simply about having all these pictures of these anime girls with guns and military gear and just like revealing those pictures. Um, in terms of straight up gameplay, I mean, Kix is a fairly classic game if you're old enough to remember it. It kind of went away for a while, but it pops up every now and then. And I think you see it a lot uh, in, in the indie space these days because I think it's something that a lot of developers can do without too much effort. And uh, it provides experiences like this. Just doing the whole run around and claim the board back is pretty exciting. And I think it does a pretty good job. There's power-ups, enemies, different kinds of enemies. So just from an arcade perspective, I think the kicks style gameplay is pretty good. Uh, as far as the other half of the gameplay, I mean, the art is fine. It's just, you know, pretty standard, straightforward anime art. Um, from the uh, cover art and from the description of the game, I wasn't sure if this was going to be a sexy game. Uh, maybe this was going to be, in fact, I bought this because thinking it might be good for our spicy episode, mm. but as far as I can tell, there's no nudity in the game. It's just girls. You know, I mean, they're wearing combat jackets and helmets and they got big guns and wing metal wings and stuff like that. So as far as I can tell, there's no actual nudity in the game. I did read in the notes for the game that there are alternate outfits. If you do some of the, I don't know, extra hard challenges or something, I'm not that far in the game. So maybe they go into bikinis at the end or something. I'm not sure. Uh, but there is no nudity, uh, which honestly is kind of okay because this is one of those games where the girls look a little bit on the young side for me. Like, I'm not down with that. And I know it's like a whole thing in anime where 
this girl can look like she's 12 and someone will say, well, she's half dragon and she's actually 3000 years old and it's totally fine to get a voter for her, <laughs> Shit. which I 100% do not agree with. I, I mean, we've said in the show many times, we don't have a problem with uh, nudity or pornography or anything, but uh, like, like appropriate and consensual and, you know, like grown ass women. Yes, that's fine. Thumbs up. But like women that look like they're like, you know, like barely legal or below, like I'm not too cool with that. And, and I, I can't it, even play an RPG like that. We talk about it. If an RPG has a chibi girl in it, I'm like, out. I, I can't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm actually fine that these girls are not naked because I think some of them look fine. They look like, you know, like young adults. I mean, young adults sounds creepy, like adults who are not over 30. Uh, but some of them are a little bit on the young side, and I do not do not care for that. I do not condone that. So I'm I'm kind of OK that their clothes are still on. That's totally my, fine. My question is, are there enemies yeah. like in kicks? Yeah, there are enemies bouncing around the field. So as you're reclaiming the the territory, there will be like, you know, spiders bouncing around or some little rocket will come towards you. So you got to be careful. If you are on the edges of the picture, you're invincible. But once you go inside the picture, you're vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. So you got to click. Yeah, exactly. Claim that territory and don't get touched. If you get touched, you die. You start off with like five lives or something. So it's it's not super hard so far. But again, I'm not very far in. And there's like five or six levels above where I'm at right now. And then apparently there's some kind of secret hard mode or something. So it's totally fine if you like kicks or if you don't know what kicks is, check it out. I think it's from an arcade perspective. It's fine. If you like anime girls with guns and rockets and helmets, then it's also pretty cool. Um, not a spicy game, at least as far as I can tell. So there you go. It's it's so niche, actually, <laughs> just thinking about it. Like if you like girls in these specific outfits and they're not naked, and, and you also like kicks. Also like kicks, which you've never heard of ever because you're a young person and you don't know what that is. Uh, you might like this game. But here's the thing. It does bring back memories of kicks. And the enemy in kicks, the original, I think I played it for Atari or, fuck, I don't remember, Nintendo or something. Commodore 64. I think it must have been NES, dude. I think it was NES. I think I played on Commodore 64, actually. Oh, yeah, it could be. It could be. Uh, anyways, that guy can go fuck off because he is terrible. I call him he. It's not. It's just an it. But it, remember, it would like move around, and you could never tell really where it was because it would yeah. like expand in size, and it would get small and then big. And I would be like, "Bullshit!" That was one of the first times to go on a tangent that I called bullshit on a game. I was like, "I I did that. No, no, no. You weren't. You didn't get me. You didn't get me, Mister Auden. All out of nowhere, your arms came out and got me." Yeah, I remember that being pretty bullshitty as well. So this this is not nearly as bullshitty as that in terms of mechanics. It feels much more fair and much more, you know, the enemies are pretty clear about what they're doing. So it's all about your skill, which is fine. That's a good place to be. So, all right, there you go. That was the Shoujo battle cyber panic playing that on switch. I think it was like four or five bucks. It wasn't a crazy purchase. So, uh, all right, let's get back to you, Carlos. Um, we got a couple things from you now. Uh, in fact, three in a row from Carlos. It is Carlos really? freight train happening right now. Yes, it is. First up, let's talk about Mundon just came out a couple days ago, or maybe even today. It's on PS4. It's on everything. And it's basically a first-person hand-drawn graphics, I guess, sort of a horror game where everything is kind of brown and pencil-y. Does that sound about right? Yeah, that's it. And that's there it. Let's go. move to the next game. <laughs> um, you got it. Yeah, it's a first-person adventure game in a kind of uh, yeah hand-drawn style. It's got a creepy vibe. It's not necessarily a horror game, but it's definitely spooky and creepy. Um, I think even you could handle it. Um, I don't know about that. I don't know. It's not that bad, especially because it is hand-drawn. Even though there's some creepy elements, it's not, like, ever really going to scare-scare you. But it's pretty spooky. So, basically, you start the game 
going to find out what happened to your grandfather because he had died and he he owned a farm and a house and so you're trying to like go to the land and kind of figure out what happened and also kind of just mourn a little bit and Boiler, so kind of a, pigs got him it was the pigs he found the pig pen yeah there's no pigs in this game but it, it definitely is that kind of awesome dark spooky vibe uh i haven't played anything like it when it comes to the graphics because it is its own hand-drawn style all like you know dark browns and and, and black and gray and um Anyways, when you get there, it is definitely a straight-up adventure game. And, you know, my love-hate relationship with adventure games. Are you where, talking like find item, combine item with other items sort yeah, of thing? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you're doing okay. some of that stuff. And um, the positives I'll say first is it definitely is spooky and the in the way of, like, you don't know really what's going on. And it, like, things can happen that are supernatural really quickly. So a good example is you first get there. And this is something, that, you know, the spoiler to draw you in you're trying to like look around the the farm area and see what happened and you find like this burnt farm and you're finding some items and picking up adventure clues etc but then you see this guy painting on a hill and he's just painting and you go over to him and as you get closer to him it actually morphs the world and the painting like kind of just gets bigger and bigger and then you go inside the painting and it's a mm. trippy, trippy moment. And it gets dark. And if your headphones are on and it's at nighttime, it's pretty weird. It's like um, someone mentioned it's Lynchian. So it's kind of okay. like kind of a Twin Peaks feel or something <clears throat> or Mulholland Drive. Sure. And so you're in this dark space all of a sudden. And then you talk to your dead grandfather. And he's Was he inside the painting? Well, he was inside the painting, which is inside uh, the house that was burnt down. So it's like you basically relive a memory. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, this all makes sense when you play I'm it. I'm just laughing because it's like he's the grandfather's inside the painting, which is inside the house, which is inside your mind, which is inside the sack of grain, which is inside the house that Jack built. It's yeah. kind of one of those things. It is. <laughs> and we're all living inside atoms um, in a virtual reality simulation. It's, but, all, it's all a snow globe. Yeah. It's all a snow globe. So in this uh, burnt snow globe, it, it's definitely more of a kind of a – it's kind of a dark emotional moment. You're talking to someone you know you lost, and then they're like basically giving you – mysterious clues that you should probably like figure out what really went on what's really going on in this town so then the 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 idea is that it's supposed to kind of get you excited to go do stuff but a lot of the stuff next is like adventure item stuff like find this thing put it together with this thing where is that other thing i don't know let's go over that hill and in a lot of these adventure games you move slow you know so it's like walking slow physically walking first person slow so, but what was interesting, back to that idea again of many times in my life, life it takes place in the game I'm playing. I was just about to warm up some coffee, and in the game you have to find you find coffee and water and a pot, and you can actually like make coffee. And so I made coffee in real life, and then was making coffee in this game. Just interesting. It. So it's like <laughs> that thing you mentioned earlier, real yeah. life mirrored in the game. And the character was like, "Mmm, coffee," and I was like, "Mmm, coffee." Anywho, it was kind of real. Uh, at some point, I met a girl. She was singing creepily. There were goats. I was like, why are those goats up there on the hill with that creepy girl? But the problem with this game and with many adventure I, games... I knew there was a problem coming. There's a problem coming. And the problem is going to be in the next game, too. So, spoiler. But adventure <laughs> games, I have a love-hate relationship. The hate part is just let me into the story quicker and don't block me out because of puzzles. Because this is what happens. This game is creepy. It got me, threw me into a painting. There's a girl on the on the mountaintop, and she's got goats, and she's singing. I'm like, what's up with her? 
And I'm really starting to get into like the mystery of it. And I don't know what to do next, Brad. Because you don't have a narrative thread to follow? Nothing. I got nothing to go on. It's all nothing. just weird and random. There's no time. You know, like I thought like, oh, yeah. it becomes sunset. And now I have to do something. I think it did get darker. Maybe I need to play it for like another 40 minutes for something to happen. But I couldn't find the key to the car. I couldn't find the thing to the thing. You know, I couldn't get into the cave. And oh, I'm just man. sitting there. I'm already shutting like, down over here, dude. You've lost me. I'm, right. already, I'm already done with this one. But you see the positives are they built a really cool world and i was like in i was like oh this weird little it, oh it's in german voiceover and subtitled and i was like just in i was like this is kind of watching like a dark indie film and i went into a painting but they lost me at the end where i didn't know what to do next not great it sounds i mean i granted i haven't played this game i'm just talking out of my ass here but like it sounds like you know interesting environment weird atmosphere Maybe this would have been better off as kind of more of a walking simulator rather than a puzzle game because, I mean, I don't know about you, dude, but, like, searching for, like, items randomly is, like, one of my least favorite things in, in any game ever. Like, it just, it just feels like an incredible waste of time and I get frustrated. So if they don't have a narrative thread guiding you through and if you literally didn't know what to do next and it, and it sounds like it could have been anything. I got to go get the thing from the goat or I got to sing with the woman or I got to make another <laughs> cup of, I mean, make another cup of coffee. Who knows, right? If you don't logically know what to do next... And you're just waiting for something random to happen. That to me is like, forget it. I just, there's no way I'm going to play that game. It's it's frustrating because there's so much, such good atmosphere they built, and I wasn't like scared, but I was also very intrigued. So, will I go probably go back at least once more? Yes, um, because maybe like I'm just an idiot, and like five minutes from now, right, like the sun goes down and the monsters come out or something. But, but I'm with you. Like if an adventure game doesn't push me forward in some way. Uh, then, yeah, I don't want to just keep running around in circles. Yeah, you need some kind of clue. Just random blind searching is the fucking like, worst thing ever. So, All right, that was Mundaun, M-U-N-D-A-U-N. Uh, you're playing it on what, PS5? Yeah, PS4. PS5. All right, PS4 slash 5. Uh, you also are bringing something that's brand new. I, I think it came out either today or maybe really recently. It's called In Rays of Light. I was just looking at it on the PS5 store today. I don't know anything about it other than it's first-person and like ruined buildings and it looks like you're doing some walking that's all i know about it yeah so this is on my radar because of uh, a little tangent ps5 has that great service i think we talked about or like great new feature where it just shows brand new games coming and it, it'll make a, a game show up in the library even though it's not available and i actually it. hate that feature you do i wish they would separate it out like if it was a, its own thing that would be fine but i feel like it's mixed in there and i don't like that it isn't mixed it's always the top so it's but if you go the to the top. list of games, sometimes it seems to me like some of those things. Maybe I'm wrong, but when I look at the list, sometimes it seems like I go click on a thing and like the game to the right and the left are already out, but the one in the middle is coming soon, and I don't like that. Some, yeah, I guess you should mean sometimes like, but in general, it goes from top down. So if you're on PS5 and you're filtering games by new games, the new ones that just announced coming soon, all that will be on the top. And sometimes, yeah, in the middle, there'll be one yeah. that just came I mean, out. keep it. I, li I like announcements, but keep it separate. Like on the Switch, it's like the coming soon is like a totally separate tab. And when I feel like I want to see the new stuff that's not out yet, I go to that tab. But when yeah, I look I at the you. main store, just show me what I can buy. Don't show me shit I can't buy. Well, what I like uh, about, obviously, is the play is the uh, favoriting, right? And making a little. Yes. Put yes. it on your playlist or whatever you want. I do like favorites, yes. So I did that with this game. And I'd seen it for a while. And it was, again, one of the early indie PS5 games. Because I don't think it's on PS4. I think it's just PS5. Um, and I was like, ooh, it has look, look good graphics, post-apocalyptic type feel. And that's all I knew about it. Um, similar to... <laughs> Radalika strikes again. Oh um, no! It's not Radalika, but 
This is made by the guy who made Seventh Sector. I don't know that game. You do. We both played it. Wasn't that the uh, the electricity game? What? So I don't. I don't what? I don't know what you're talking about. Let me Google it real quick. I don't. Know okay. I thought there was a game. I thought it was Seven Sector, where that you play as a le- like a current of electricity, and we both like really frustrated by oh, it. Oh, it's, it's it's. Oh yes, I think I know what is you're talking about. Is that the game? I don't I mean, think that's the right title. Is it the? Yeah, title? it is. It is. It is Seven Sector. Oh, and, and we yes. hated that. We were very frustrated with that. That was an ex- okay. See, I deleted that from my mental hard drive because that game was super frustrating to me. Yes, right, the same so guy made the same guy. I'm out. I'm out. Okay, that's it. End of end of the review. End of segment. This isn't a very positive podcast for me when it comes to games, but the the, the last one is. So there's a spoiler. Um, so I I love the graphics and basically what it is is um you know kind of a Edith. What remained of Edith Finch and uh, what's it called? Uh, Rapture. Everybody's going to the Rapture. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of walking around, seeing stuff. First person, um, first person. simulator. Yeah. And I was okay with it. I was kind of like wanting you know, like a ruined city to go around, you know, and see. And it takes place in Russia. Um, and like you're really weird. Like you're in a school building and you're kind of like piecing together puzzles. Again, puzzles, adventure game. I can get along with it if you give me a few things like – you know, give me some narrative, give me some you know, places to go. Is this again like find item, use on item, that kind of thing? Uh, more like find stuff to help you figure out like passwords and stuff. Okay. Uh, Which uh, isn't as bad, you know, because it's not like you're not. Com- I didn't so far yeah. didn't combine any items. I did find a wrench or something and it helped me open a door and that was fine and very easy. Sure. Um, so the positives are uh, the atmosphere is really cool. The graphics are really nice. They're not PS5 like specific graphics, but. You can tell that they were like, you know, uh, swinging for the fences. It's really nice looking lighting and stuff. And it's got a cool vibe. It's got really cool like piano music uh, that comes in here and there. And you feel like you're in this, yeah, post-apocalyptic Russia. And the building that they put you in is not the only building. You can leave it and just go around the open world a little bit, which is surprising. I thought they would just like lock me in a place and I can't get out. But the doors are open. You can just go outside and start exploring there. So cool. there's a lot to explore. The problems are, here we go. Here we go. Sounds like a broken record. First off, the walking is even slower than Mondong. Oh, man. Okay. Even slower. And I was like, is this possible? How did I put these two games back to back? Slow walking. So there's no sprint at all? No sprint. And when you hit the button that you think is sprint, which is click the right analog or sure. left analog, it says subtitles on or off. <laughs> and I was like, no, I don't want I want to go faster. Secondly, you have a jump, but it jumps smaller than the other jump in the in Mondon. It's like you basically just you don't you even stand jump. Up on your tippy toes or yeah, something. Yeah, you're standing on your toes. And you're like, why did you even give me a jump? So that in itself is inexcusable. Secondly, the camera sensitivity, you know how whenever they put that in a game, it's usually not a good sign. Uh, or like I know it's supposed to help sometimes people who have like maybe motion sickness or whatever. Sure, but sure. Uh, for me, it wasn't a good sign because it was from the beginning. It was already too slow when I moved the right analog. Oh, God. OK. Yeah. So I had to like a, like play with it to be like a one point three. Is it a one point three? <laughs> Pretty granular settings, huh? Yeah, it was like and then do I want negative zero point five? Wait, maybe I want negative zero point five. And that was fucking not fun. Then I didn't figure out any of the puzzles in the building. Any of them. Oh, no. None None of them? them. None of them. So I left the building. Oh, dude. 
And I saw a bunch of numbers and they were for some sort of code, but I couldn't figure it out. And I wasn't going to go to YouTube. Uh, and so I walked out in the outside and it was cool out there, but I was just similar to Mondano. I was like, what am I supposed to do next? I don't, uh, I don't know man. that puzzle in the building. I can't walk very fast. And is it 0 0.1? Is it 0, is it 0 yeah. 0.5? And if you're like, if you're going to make people go back and forth and look for clues, look for items, you got to make it like tolerable, right? Like I know it, it kind of reminds me of like everybody goes to the rapture. Uh, a lot of people were complaining about the walking speed in that game because there was a lot of ground to cover and it just took fucking forever to walk. I mean, if you're yeah. in a walking simulator, I realize that you need to simulate the walking. But if you're going to be going back and forth looking for things like don't don't make a player waste their time by simply just pushing the stick forward and just like, you know, snoozing while they wait to get to, you know, the next destination. Like make it peppy, like make it move. And here's a quick fix, by the way. Any developers listening for some reason, uh, if you wanted a, a unqualified advice for me, uh, when you're no, I'm qualified, motherfucker. You I play these games all the time. Uh, when you do these games, if you want someone to like wait for a moment or get a beat or a narrative beat or some music to come in, just pause the game there. But like, let me run around like a madman the rest of the time because you, yeah. you know what I mean. Like, if there's a certain moment, I get it. You want like them to feel a moment or hear some narrative. Like, like limit my movements. Then you're like, oh wow, I can only go slow now because I have to hear something. Sure. And then back to fucking normal because no one walks like this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, unless so, part of the story is like you know, you're missing a leg or something. I mean, that would yeah. be kind of a weird reveal, but yeah. It's not that. So I'm so frustrated with both of those because they, I, I'll say the positives, that they both set up really cool environments. I was like very interested in this post-apocalyptic Russia, and I was very interested in this hand-drawn Mundon. But I, could, I, I can't do it, man. I can't. I don't think you should. Both of these like are out for me. I'm not even going to try either one of these. These do not sound like my jam in any way. So that is a down, down vote for me, and it sounds Pretty much like a down vote from you, too. Yeah, let's move on. Moving on to the final game of the show. We do have Q&A coming up. Just one question today. Uh, Outer Worlds. The Outer Worlds, a game I'm going to come back to, a game that you have really greatly enjoyed. Just came out with a brand new DLC released today. Uh, I forget the name of it. It's like Murder something. What is the name of the title of the new DLC? It is Murder on Eridon. Eridon. Okay, and this is a new uh, new expansion to the game. It's not a standalone. You do need the base game to play this. Tell us about this expansion, Carlos, although I guess it's just came out today. You're probably not too far. I'm a little ways. Um, first off, I'll say that I love Outer Worlds. I'm excited for you to play it. I think everybody should play it, especially if you like Fallout. Obsidian basically is Fallout in my mind. It's really, really great. Um, I went back because I knew the new DLC was coming out and basically cleared out all the side missions. So similar to Cyberpunk, I've finish every side mission in outer worlds and even did a companion quest for Pravardi. Well, you don't know her yet, but you will like her. Um, and that's I everybody's favorite that. character. I know that everybody loves her. Oh, the side quest was so fun. Anywho. Um, I played the perils peril on Gorgon, which is the first DLC. Yep. And that was pretty cookie cutter. It's like, you go to a place, it's not spoiling. You go to a place, there's monsters, there's a, something to figure out, but it's not really about that. It's about just, destroying things you know sure, sure. and then uh get kind of a story beat at the end that story beat at the end kind of leads into the story beat a, a bit and it is a new story totally and it's more of a murder mystery for real uh it definitely has elements of investigation and you you get a new device that allows you to you know scan things 
So there's a lot of that, which is uh, new. And by the way, good example. Uh, they want you to slow down. They want you to look at stuff in the environment. You can still go fast, but when you're scanning, you know, then you're scanning. Sure. You don't have to, you know, limit people's movement. I'm just looking at you, adventure games. So <laughs> it, it's really cool. It's it's, uh, it's about basically finding. So there's a, a woman who is um, uh, an actress, and she plays in these kind of, uh, you know, they call them the serials. And a lot of people on, in the Outer Worlds worlds watch uh, these shows, and they're kind of mysteries and stuff. And they're like soap operas. And people love them, and she's like a big star, and she supposedly gets murdered. We'll say that. And it's a murder mystery, and you have to figure out who did it and what was their motivation. And in order to do that, you have to go to a separate planet, which is a new planet that unlocks from this DLC. And on the planet, there is, well, let's just say mystery, but kind of a corporation and some weird stuff is going on. That's all I'll say. All so right. it's a it's a perfect like um, mixture of combat, still leveling up and still doing the kind of stuff you like in uh, um, I was gonna say Fallout Outer Worlds, but also a lot more investigation and a lot of story. And they're really great at, with dialogue and dialogue choices. You know, think Fallout. Um, it's really great. It's it's already great. And I uh, urge you and everybody else to watch the trailer for the DLC because it's a song. It's like a a song. And it's really, really cool. It kind of gives you the feel of what this DLC is going to be. Uh, I'm, I'm all the way back in. All the way back in. Excellent. Excellent. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think I'm definitely in more of a mood for it this year. So that sounds good. And, of course, it's going to be running 60 frames per second on Ooh, the X. Buttery smooth. And going to be able to do these DLCs. Uh, Corey Motley, uh, former host or co-host of this show, is reviewing this for us at Game Critics. And one of his big complaints about this game, uh, or about the DLC specifically, he loves it by the way. Uh, but one of his big complaints was he had already finished the game so that in order to play the DLC, he had to go back to a save that was from before the end. And he said it felt really weird, like narratively. He wished that the DLC took place after the end so that you could just like continue with the story as normal, but that's not how it goes. Um, so that was his one big complaint. Uh, otherwise, he thought it was great. And I'm looking forward to being able to starting the campaign and then going through the DLC before the end so that I don't get that weird narrative hiccup of, oh, I already know what happens, but I got to go backwards in order to play this extra mission, which right. is always an awkward way to do it. I really I really prefer that people do it after, like like continue after the credits. That's what I Please. prefer. Please. We yeah. talked about with Cyberpunk. It's the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. Now, Going see, before I, the ending is just fucking weird. I was already ready because I, uh, with Perils of Gorgon or whatever, I had to load up a save. Yeah. So yeah. I did what I'm doing in Cyberpunk where... I did that a while ago, and just now my game before the ending is my game, right? Gotcha, gotcha. Like, yeah. I am, like, the most leveled up I've ever been. I'm not, like, I didn't lose, basically, pr uh, progress, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I'm, like, the most upgraded character. I'm the most uh, side missions ever done. And then, yeah, I can go and beat the game later. But I agree. It is the stupidest way to do it. Um, I get sometimes what they have to because I know the ending of Outer Worlds, and... Remember, there's multiple endings to these games. Sure, sure. So with Cyberpunk, it's the same thing. Like my ending, which we still have not talked about, yes. which is funny, is really fucking different than the other endings. And I don't think I would be able to keep playing the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. that's the thing is like, yeah, my Outer Worlds ending was was quite crazy. So yeah. it's just weird because it's just weird that people that come to the game much later like me 
are going to get a much more smoother experience in terms of narrative than people like you who supported the game from the beginning yeah. got the ending and then have to kind of like mentally undo all that in order to see the new content. Kind of awkward. I mean, I get that maybe they paint themselves in a corner and they have a very specific conclusion to the story. I get it. But at the same time, if you know DLC is coming, I mean, I, I get there's reasons not to, but I would definitely prefer take that into account and then give us the ability to just continue on. But whatever. That's neither here nor there. Bottom line, Corey thought it was great. Uh, sounds like you really like it a lot. I'm looking forward to getting to it. Uh, the Outer Worlds, there it is. And new DLC came out today. Get it, get it. All right, that is the end of the games we're going to cover. And we are going to get to the Q&A, which has been woefully delayed for a oh, long time. Oh, we're out of time. I... Look at that, we're out of time. No, 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 we're going to get to it right now. Uh, so this is from AJ Small, writer at Game Critics and also listener of the show. He sent us this question, I, th- I want to say like three weeks ago at least, and I apologize, AJ, for not getting to it quicker. It's totally my bad. Uh, but we're going to get to it right now. Carlos, I'm going to read out his question, and then I will let you answer first. Ready? Okay. I Okay. Yeah. You don't know what this is. This I is don't know what it is, and I'm going to answer first. Okay, yeah, okay. let's go. So this is in response to some of the stuff we talked about uh, with CD Projekt Red several episodes ago, and he must have heard that episode and wrote this in. So he said... I understand from the perspective of a fan that the way that people are dogpiling on CD Projekt Red right now is distressing. So again, a couple weeks ago. Uh, However, to ignore the wider context of why and also to ignore who is impacted seems a little misrepresentative. It has been revealed that CD Projekt have spent a long time mistreating their staff and they willfully threw the QA department under the bus when it was discovered that the Xbox One and PS4 versions were substandard, of course, talking about uh, Cyberpunk. Uh, I think saying you do not care and just want DLC is unfair on what should be the consumer slash union outrage. It's also accurate to say that the Xbox One and PS4 versions will eventually be fixed, but we should be asking about what the cost is of that in terms of people continuing to crunch after years of prolonged overtime already. Given the lack of support the employees are getting, it requires sustained pressure from us, the game's audience, to keep CD Projekt Red from wriggling out of this with PR. But... You are absolutely right about the hack when they had a bunch of data stolen from them. It basically impacts the employees more than the higher ups. Fingers will be pointed and it will end with IT guys being the ones who are taken to task. I think it's important that consumers start to care more about where the sausage comes from here. So my question, as observers of video games, what are historical missteps by companies that have impacted your ability to enjoy a title? Oh, that was a the, the question took a different turn. It got um, a little little left turn at the end there. Can I go back into the turn? Absolutely, though? absolutely. Because I will say this: having just worked for a, a mid tier, let's say, company working on a pretty big game, um, I did more uh, closely like examine the process, right? And I guess my whole thing with CD Project Red is, yeah, there's some things they did really, really wrong. Um, I think in general, the games industry has got this kind of craziness about how much people have to work. Um, you can call it crunch, you can call it whatever. A lot of it though is again, based on deadlines, based on publishers, based on, you call them the higher ups, but is the people who are helping you fund the game most of the time, right? If you're talking triple A, there's many hands in that pot. Is that For the sure. metaphor? For sure. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, you know fine. what I mean? And so you have like a middleware company, you have a company that's porting it for you. You have, uh, the publisher, you have many stockholders and in general, things like that. Remember CD Projekt Red, what has like Disney or somebody like it's crazy. They have all these like big companies 
in on this. I'm not, this is not an excuse. This is saying like, we do have to point the fingers at the right people. And so for me, I'm going to continually like, not just promote, but I'm going to support the game because I love what the developers themselves did and being friends with so many developers, I, I want to support their work. And that just because I want to support a game and the DLC and, and keep buying stuff from them, I don't think I'm supporting bad decisions. Uh, I don't know how to take the real owners of that problem to task. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Let's pause on that for just a second here. Um, I don't mean to derail you, but I do want to kind of add on to what you said there. Yeah. Um, you know, there have been several, I mean, there. I, I can't even count how many instances of where some company or another is crunching and the employees get killed and they, you know, are, are giving up their home life and they get divorced and they haven't seen their kids. Like, I don't agree with any of that stuff. I definitely think that, you know, developers should work reasonable hours. They should get time off. Like, crunch shouldn't really be a thing. Uh, that is regular at all. I mean, reserved for like emergencies only, and then people should do everything they can to avoid them having emergencies. Um, but I have talked to some developers. I mean, I'm friends with like many, many developers, and we've talked about this before. It's really tough to say because when something like this happens, uh, and you talk to the people who are on the front lines, right? The people who are like in the seats, who are doing the work, and they're like, we don't want you to not buy our game because that doesn't help us, right? Like, if the management is fucking them over, and there's all sorts of problems, the people who are actually doing the work will be impacted if you don't buy that game. But also, how do you support those people and also not support the people who are making the bad calls, like the higher-ups or the people who have unreasonable demands or unreasonable deadlines? I don't know what that answer is, and I'm not sure anybody knows what that answer is. Um, I think maybe the best answer is just, you know, he kind of mentioned unions uh, earlier in his question. I think a, a game developer union would be great. I mean, I think unions in general for workers all over the world as, as a great thing because you can have, you know, more reasonable work hours. You have some guarantees, make sure people aren't being treated poorly. I mean, I would love it if there were more protections in place just so that we wouldn't have to have these situations, right? Where people weren't going crazy with, with mad deadlines and put making people work seven days a week and, you know, 12 hour days or whatever. So I guess that would be the optimal solution. I don't know that that's going to happen anytime soon. I don't know that that's even on the horizon. So in terms of what we got right now, we've got people who are making games. That's how they support themselves. They've got wives and husbands and family members and kids. And then you've got these companies who are like maybe pushing them too hard. But if you don't buy that game, then that person who did the work is suffering. So exactly. I don't I, I literally don't know what the answer is. I've talked to the developers who were in that situation. They don't know what the answer is. I mean, I know they tell me don't not buy the game, but they're also mad that they did these situations. So. I, I don't know, man. Like, I don't have the magic answer for this. Well, one thing is unions, definitely, if, if you can pull it off and if it makes sense and it works. Secondly, it's just like, be cooler to your employees because here's what's interesting. Um, this is now a full-on tangent, but the movie industry, it's funny how people don't, people have put uh, the games industry under a microscope for a lot of things that the movie industry does and no one even looks at. Like, movies take a long time to come out, right? Just like games. But I feel like I don't know if the pressure is the same, uh, maybe because games is like literally the biggest money making media item there is, you know, uh, and it's bigger than movies by far. Uh, but in movies, it, it takes a long time for a movie to get made, you know, years and years as well. Um, there are people at the top that make terrible decisions and a movie comes out and it's shit. Right. But do we like we don't go take the movie studio to task like we don't even think about that. We're, like there's not even an avenue for. I'm not saying there shouldn't be. There's no avenue to be like, man, that movie sucked. Um, whatever the name of the company is. I can't think of. Uh, Paramount or Universal Paramount. or yeah, Warner exactly. Brothers, whatever. How could you, Paramount? Like, you, that's not a tweet. 
you know? It's just weird that it is so separate to games industry. That, that's just that's something they came up with. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tough question. There's a lot of layers. There's a lot of moving parts. I mean, there's not really anything. I mean, I think, I mean, honestly, I feel like, and this is difficult, right? And it's kind of the same in, in my real life, um, in my real life profession as well, where I feel like the answer is that the people who are doing the work need to get together and they need to stand up for certain conditions, which again, leads us back to the question of a union, which I think would ultimately be a great decision, but it takes those people getting together and like refusing to do the work and refusing to, you know, go along with these, uh, these conditions that they don't like in order to fight for conditions that they do like. But it's tough because if you decide to do that, there's a very high chance you're going to get fired or they're going to hire somebody else to take your place. And then if, if everybody doesn't stick together, then it just falls apart. Right. Same thing as my, my uh, particular profession, we've been talking about having a union for years and years because we all really need one, especially now. Um, but no one will do it because the, the second somebody puts their foot down and says, I will not work for you because I want better conditions, somebody else immediately takes that job. And then, they're, right. you know, your power to bargain is gone because there's some other person who's doing the work that you felt like was not fit to be done. So, I, I mean, I'm not a developer. I'm not a publisher. I'm not uh, anything like that. But it seems to me, from my limited perspective, that's the best way out of this. But it, again, just like with my profession, it seems like there's too much danger because people are not sticking together to get it done. So that, I think, is probably the biggest problem. Well, one more thing on that then, and then we'll actually get to the actual question, is, uh, you know, I think it also could just be like comes down to CEOs, creative directors, uh, just being cooler. I, I know that sounds like simple, but it is kind of that simple. Like I've worked for many different game companies now, and like you, you can have um, heads of your company, of your development studio, fight for you. You know, yeah, like they can fight. I've watched, I've witnessed it without saying any names of any different companies. But in the past, I've watched like, you know, the the uh, the bigger fish and the big fish like, oh, big fish. I work for a company called Big Fish. Yeah. It's not that it's not that company. Uh, you just outed yourself. I know it isn't, though. Um, but, yeah, you can have people on your team, you know, go up to the people who are pushing those deadlines at you and be like, well, we're going to do this and this time. So. Anyways, yeah, I don't know. What's I mean, that's like, that's like human nature, though, right? Because, like, how many fields... I mean, we could look at farming. We could look at retail. We could look at restaurants. We could look at anything, and there's always, like, a small handful of bosses who treat their employees really well, and they've got health insurance and everything. Everybody's happy. And then there's, like, a whole bunch of businesses where they treat the people like shit, and they run them in the ground, and people are unhappy. It's just like human nature. We need to treat each other with respect and with love and with care. And, you know, employees who are treated well work better. They're more loyal. They do better quality work. There's no real reason to not do that except for greed. So maybe we just maybe greed is the ultimate it's answer. It's really just greed. Yeah. Okay, that's the answer. Yeah. So what's go. the actual answer to his real question though? Because I dodged it. Uh, you did dodge his question. Uh, <laughs> what are historical missteps by companies that have impacted your ability to enjoy a title? Oh wow. I oh, mean, wow. I will. I will go first if you want to. Okay. If you want to. Yeah, let me think. So uh, I this is kind of a big question, and I I mean one thing that kind of bugged me was I feel like Blizzard has made some real gaffes with Overwatch. I used to really play Overwatch a lot. I really liked, uh, I, I used to spend quite a bit of time playing Overwatch, which is weird because I'm not really like a competitive online guy, but I really liked Overwatch and me and my wife and my son would play it together. But some of the racial stuff they do in Overwatch is just really like embarrassing and bad. And I kind of like, it kind of cooled me off of it and I haven't played it for quite a while. So that's one thing that really turned me off. Um, Diablo three, I think when the auction house first came out, when the game first launched, that oh, super yeah. turned me off. Yeah, that was bad. I stopped playing Diablo three. I just recently came back to it now that it's like a totally different experience, much better now, but that was a misstep that turned me off. Um, speaking of crunch, I never got into 
Red Dead 2 because there was all those horrible stories about crunch and mistreatment of employees at that time. And even though the developers say don't not buy my game because that's hurting me, I actually did not buy that game. And I actually have never played it because of the horror stories that were coming out. Um, so that was those are three that off the top of my head have really turned me off. Um, there are a couple. I'm not I'm definitely not going to name names here, but there are definitely some developers who I've met in person who have been like super assholes. And so when their game comes out, I just 100% do not support those games. And we do not run them at game critics. And I, we just don't review them uh, because you're a fucking jerk. Like when I meet <laughs> you at PAX or something, there's a couple that stick out of my mind where I'm like, wow, that guy was a total a-hole and we're never covering his game ever. So not exactly the same thing, but that's, I, I guess, a misstep by a person, not by a company. But uh, yeah. any examples uh, from you there, Carlos? Well, I think... Nintendo's always kind of disappointed me because I feel like I grew up with them and this is a kind of a big statement, but I've never like liked them as much as I did when I was a kid. I think that's a true statement. Okay. Um, I, I, I mean, part of that's nostalgia, but part of it's like super late to online, super difficult to do multiplayer, right? Like I did yeah. a skit on my channel, youtube.com slash a lot of things. And uh, this skit was about, you know, people trying to play Pokemon against each other and like the things they had to go through to get that fucking thing going, you know, like multiplayer. Yeah, yeah like yeah. I feel like I've, they've worked against me a lot. And also they've done so much stuff that is which is great. Kid friendly. Right. But when I grew up, it wasn't kid friendly. It was just whatever. There was the new game. And I was like playing it on Nintendo. So that's kind of a weird answer. But it is true. Like whatever they've done since uh, I played maybe Super Nintendo, let's say, or maybe N64. It's never really, like, stuck with me. Like, handheld, I've liked the fact that they made handhelds. But if I'm being truthful, like, I mainly played RPGs on it, right? But they were all old-school RPGs I could play it anywhere else. It wasn't, like, a special occasion. I might be oversimplifying. That's that's a, that's a sort of answer. One other one that's recent is uh, Fallout 76. Um, I did talk about it positively on the show. But Fallout 4 came out in 2015, it's now six years later and I just want more fallout, you know? Mm, yeah. And I feel like that was like a, like first, first they came up with fallout shelter, which was not fallout. And then they came up with 76, which is not fallout. It's definitely like, it has moments of it. And, and I had like some fun with it, but it's not a game. It's not a full on narrative, one player, single player game that I want with like difficult choices and crazy endings and stuff. So, um, I don't know. I think Bethesda's done some stuff where I, I'm not sure. Uh, I didn't have the Fallout 5 experience that I wanted. But I don't, I don't know really other than that, really. Well, that's a good example, too, really, because I'm, you know, I, I, I would have called myself a really big Fallout fan. Uh, I kind of bounced off Fallout 4, and then I was looking forward to 76. And then once I realized it was like MMO and all this crafting and shit, and I was like, ah, like that. I mean, that to me is a big misstep because I don't. I, that is not what I wanted out of Fallout. I uh, have never spent time with it, and I probably will never do. Uh, so that, in terms of misstep, in terms of development direction, I would agree with you there. That's a crazy one to do. But yeah, in general, like I, I want that world so badly. Like it's such a special place you yeah. know, in my heart, yeah. and so not being there. All right. Well, AJ, I hope we answered your question. And again, I apologize for taking so long to answer it. Uh, if anybody else out there would like us to answer your question, we are always up for that. It may take us a little while, pardon <laughs> us, but we do get to it. So happy to answer any and every question that comes our way. Uh, hit us up. We will get to that in just a second. But I think 
that's it for now. Anything left on your agenda there, Carlos? I think that's it. Um, I think that is it. I think we should probably wrap it up. Let's do it. Uh, Okay, that is the end of episode 224. But before we go, like I just mentioned, we'd love to get your questions, comments. Hit us up. So video games podcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter as a show at so video games, but you can hit us up individually. Carlos, where are you receiving messages this week? I don't want any. Me- you can send me a message if you want, but I just want you to go watch my videos. <laughs> don't talk to me. Just don't talk to me. Yeah. No, I'm doing a lot more of the videos that if you watch my channel on your phone, you'll see all these short videos. And I just did one on cyberpunk. Um, I did two on cyberpunk, I think. So go over to youtube.com slash a lot of things on your phone. And look at my short videos. Excellent, excellent. As for me, the usual, Twitter and Instagram. Oh, what is my, what is my handle? What is my name? It's your my name. name? My name? It's your name. It is. I got thrown off my game because I, uh, I, I got to say, I got to give a shout out to uh, the mailman with Cavs of Steel, Joshua Jackson. He hit me up uh, on Twitter this morning. And he's like, hey, Brad, what's up? You didn't give your uh, usual spiel on the sign off last week. And I'm like, fuck, I didn't. I totally forgot. Because what I usually say is Twitter and Instagram b-r-a-d-g-a-l-l-a-w-a-y all a's no o's and i left out the all a's no o's part last week and he busted me he got me and i'm like damn it my my run of perfect performances is over joshua thank you for keeping me honest it's back this week and this all a's no o's is dedicated to you my good man and what's weird is now you have o's in your name because of that they Ah, yeah include o's people i guess i'll have to (laughs) no 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 o's all a's no o's okay All right, folks, that is going to do it for episode 224. Thank you again for joining us here at the Soviet Games podcast. We're glad you're here. We're glad you're listening. Hope it's not a hate watch for you. No, don't leave with that. That can't be the ending. Gosh, (laughs) it's not the ending. I got more coming. I know, but okay, just strike that from the record. I'm not going to edit it. Strike strike that from the record. Uh, And uh, we'll see you next Friday. But in the meantime, this is Bye from Brad. And later, Gator from Carlos. Ooh, I had one ready. It's not good. (laughs) It's not good, but you had it ready.